0: Welcome to Women Worth Knowing, the new title for the podcast hosted by Cheryl Broderson and Jasmine Alnut. Women Worth Knowing is not affiliated, associated, authorized, endorsed by, or in any way officially connected with the website Women You Should Know. You've just tuned in to Women You Should Know. This is a new podcast and I'm so excited. I'm Cheryl Broderson and I share the microphone
1: with Jasmine Allnut. Oh, you said that so calmly. Oh, I know that wasn't Jasmine Allnut. Anyway,
0: (laughs) and what we want to do is Jasmine and I both have a passion for historical women, Mm -hmm. um, whether it's in the 20th century. Mm. We even have some in the 21st century that we could talk about. Just these amazing women that God has used, Mm. and what we both love about these women is um, they're not necessarily notable. Kind of reminds you of the scripture: "Not many noble, not many." of great reputation. But God uses these women mm-hmm. in remarkable ways. And sometimes just because they're women, you yeah, know, mm-hmm. they're not threatening to the men around them. Mm-hmm. And God just opened the doors. This is a part two. Yes. Of a two part. <laughs> so this is part two of a two part. Yes. A two part <laughs> series on Gladys Elward. Yeah. And both Jasmine and I, she's like just one of our absolute favorite so to recap i'm going to recap real quick yeah gladys was a parlor maid she was in england if you haven't listened to part one you really need to go back and listen to part one she's a parlor maid she saves her money to get a train ticket to china she stopped in russia she smuggled into china long story you'll hear it on part (laughs) one and she finally gets to inland china to serve with a lady named Ginny Lawson. She serves with her for two years. You have to listen to how that goes because it's amazing. After two years, Ginny Lawson dies, but the Lord begins to provide for Gladys. And we mm-hmm. were talking about how the Mandarin, who would have been like a governor or an official, comes to her, asks her to unbind the Chinese women's feet. Gladys does this, and and then she's asked to stop a riot in a prison. But that's not the end of the ministry for Gladys Elward. Tell us. Amazingly
1: enough. You think that would be enough yes. for one lifetime. Yes. That's right. That's right. I'm ready but, to write my memoirs. Yeah, honestly, I <laughs> yes. would. I'd just stop right there. Yeah. I mean, gosh, she's like, but she's not even 40, I don't think, at this point. I right. mean, she's still, you know, going strong and just really, this is all within the first few years mm-hmm. of her ministry there. So, yeah, so she stops the prison riot as Cheryl said, and that was where we left off. Mm-hmm. And that was a kind of a critical moment in a way because this was one of those instances where um, she gained much face in Chinese, Chinese culture. She mm-hmm. really, uh, her reputation really grew as a result of this. I think she was already building that through running the inn, you know, serving with the foot binding and mm-hmm. taking care of those women's feet. But now after this, after this whole situation in the prison where God miraculously intervenes and she stops the riot, this was at this point when the prison governor began to call her Awadei, which means virtuous one. And that became her nickname throughout you know, the rest of her ministry there in China. She was known as Awadei. Um, mm-hmm. And so, she gained a lot of respect and a lot of people were like, wow, this woman's God. There mm-hmm. must be something to this. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, amazing how the Lord will do that, right? It'll put us in a situation that seems impossible, but it's always for His glory, right? And really, and it's always for our good as well. And we grow in the process and I think this was a big step for Gladys, too. And so, you know, I think she carried on for the next several years serving. But then, of course, this is in the 1930s. And so we know what happened in 1939. Well, mm-hmm. actually, it was even before that in China. The Japanese start coming in. Right. And they start attacking as we're uh, leading up to World War II there in 1939. And so um, things become a little dangerous mm-hmm. for the Chinese people. The Japanese are, you know, bombing the countryside uh, with their planes that look like big silver birds. The Chinese people don't know what that's what they are. And so they're just, you know, innocent civilians are dying all over the place. And Gladys begins to minister to the people in a different way now and to try to help them, which is it's actually kind of neat because, you know, she lived through World War One in England. So she had a little bit of understanding of what to do in time of war and crisis. And so she begins to try to. Uh, help the people mobilize, and mm-hmm. okay, we need to evacuate. What does that look like? All of those kind of things. And actually, there was one thing that happened right before they began the whole evacuation process because they knew the Japanese were coming. Uh, it was really neat. Over the years, she had developed quite a friendship with the Mandarin. He had, you know, watched her, and she, you know, she had stood up to him on several occasions. There were tense moments in their in their friendship relationship. It was a work relationship, but also there was a mutual respect there because he was a he was a good man. It was really neat. Before they did their evacuation of the city to move into the mountains, he called for a final feast, and he invited Gladys, and she was used to coming to these, she, you know, because government officials would come to these meetings, and she was a footbinder, uh, well, not a footbinder, unbinder, foot binder, unbinder <laughs> so she was a government official, so she was used to coming to these meetings, but when she got there, she found that she was placed at the head of the table right next to the mandarin, and she was like, this is really weird. Why am I the honored guest? She, she didn't think much of it. She just thought that was kind of a little strange. They go to eat the meal, and the Mandarin gets up and says, I would like to make an announcement. And this is why I have Gladys here in the seat of honor today. Uh, after watching Gladys's life all of these years and how she's helped our community and, you know, what she's done, I, I recognize that her God is real, and I want to become a Christian. So he becomes a Christian.
0: Isn't right that just there. amazing? So,
1: yeah, it was beautiful. And that just shows, too, like, you know, we have obviously evangelism is so important and all of that, but also just living your life in front of unbelievers
0: evangelistic
1: yes it is just as much so at the same time too isn't this the time that um she
0: takes and gathers the
1: children yes a couple years into the war because she had to go hide in the mountains with a bunch of people she had to take all the prisoners that's right they committed all the prisoners to her to take up into the mountains which is hilarious but it's because well we can trust her you know and they love her you know they they, uh, (laughs) will do whatever gladys says they were very obedient it was pretty hilarious (laughs) Yes. Um, but anyway, yeah. A couple years into the war, she ends up because her town, Saychow, got completely annihilated by the Japanese. Um, all the civilians that had remained or had gone back were bayoneted. It was just really ugly and sad. And How? so she had to move to Yangcheng. Go ahead. Right. How many children did she have to take though? And she had oh, to... there were two hundred kids in the orphanage total.
0: Right. And so, so... she's moving these two hundred children, and she has to take them. Was it hundred miles?
1: No, it was, mm, it was oh, maybe, a luck. it might have been. It and was it a was 12-day a,
0: journey. I and know it that. was going to be across the Yellow River, too.
1: Yes, they had to go across the river. So, yeah, so she's in Yangcheng running this orphanage. 100 children actually left with another Chinese co That was it, yes. So she sent 100 kids away first with him because they had found out that Madame Chiang Kai-shek had developed an orphan haven on the coast. Right. So they had to get out of the mountains over to the coast, so he goes. And Gladys has this stalwart attitude, like I'm not going to retreat, you know. Mm-hmm. And yet, when she finds out there's a bounty out for her, and you know it's just becoming more and more dangerous, she realizes, you know, for the sake of these kids, I need to get out. Okay, now on the way. So
0: this so is some. Of the, yeah. This is some of the greatest stories. Yeah, she's, do it. You go she's for it. taking the children, mm-hmm. and they're on this kind of a mountain pass, mm-hmm. and she hears that there are there's a band of thieves behind them mm. and in front of them are the japanese soldiers oh, right, right! and she doesn't know what to do and so she says lord show me what to do with these children so she says lord i'm just going to spin around and <laughs> wherever i face i know that's where i'm supposed to take them so now remind she's on a little mountain path you know and she could maybe get down the cliff a little bit you know there's some paths but when she spins around she's facing the mountain so she's like what So she does it again and she's facing the mountain. She prays again and she's facing the mountain. And she looks up finally and sees a cave and that they can just Mm. scramble up to it. So, all the children, she leads all the children to scramble up this um, mountainside into this cave. And the last child is finally in the cave when, guess what? Mm. The bandits meet the Japanese and a huge war, Mm. like battle, takes place. Right where she and the children were, oh my gosh, and where where they were kind of stuck, and so they kind of let this this battle take place. It's gory, it's awful, mm-hmm. and she's in this cave with the children, just keeping them quiet and you know mm-hmm. just comforting them, mm-hmm. and that's just you know one of the adventures. Oh yeah, this. and then I I love it. You know, they get back on the road,
1: mm-hmm. and then I want to talk about the Yellow River. Anything between yes. this and the Yellow River? I don't. Think so? I think they were really, but they were they were helped by a lot of people along the way, That's which was kind of neat. Bringing like yes. all kinds of random people providing for them along. The, I mean, she's got a hundred kids. That's a lot of food you need. Mm-hmm. A lot of you know they need to rest. I, I mean, there's just so many dynamics to take care of with all of this, and the Lord provides and meets their needs. Now, Gladys herself, I think, suffered because she was trying to put the kids first, but you know, the Lord sustained even her mm-hmm. through this time. And then they get to the Yellow River. They towards get to the, the Yellow end of the river journey after and twelve days. It's it's flooded on
0: mm. the side. It's deeper, stronger than what she thought. There's no bridge. The mm. bridges have been destroyed. There's no way to cross. And she sits down. Now, she's been how many days with these children, right? It's yeah. been like... Like almost two weeks. Right. Yeah. And a hundred children, a hundred <laughs> children. And she sits down and she begins to cry. Mm. Now, imagine you how the enemy can get you thinking God's yes. failed you yeah. and, and all of this and and this little girl comes up to her and says, "But you know, you know, virtuous one. <laughs> didn't you tell us about Moses and how God parted the Red Sea? Mm. And she said, "Yes, but I'm not Moses." And the little girl said, "No, you're not, but God is still God." Mm. Mm-hmm. And right about then, a man with a, a little boat comes mm. up and volunteers to ferry the children across the yellow. River, group by group mm -hmm. until all one hundred children have crossed Mm -hmm. the Yellow River. I just so
1: great love that story. I mean, and that's like with the prison governor too. Like Mm -hmm. the Chinese people themselves, like you know, inspiring her faith when you know when she was of little faith. You know, they come in. That's, and that's right. like out of the mouth of babes, you know, she exactly. just <laughs> this wise word. Oh,
0: I, I can't even tell you how many times like, you know, I'll be reading, you know, the story of Gladys Elward and I'm getting convicted. Yeah, totally. You're like, <laughs> oh, that, you know, you might not be Moses. You know, mm. so many times we're like, well, I'm not that spiritual yes, leader in the yes. Bible. I'm not that person. But God still wants to work mm. because he's still God. Yeah, that and hasn't changed. That's right. <laughs> that's still a, a given. So she gets these. One hundred children safely to
1: the orphanage. Yes, they finally make it uh, to Madame Chang Kai Shek's orphan haven. Um, And it's really interesting too. Like I said, Gladys herself wasn't doing very well physically on this time, and she was trying to sacrifice for the kids, which is wonderful. I mean, that's you know probably Mm -hmm. what she should have been doing, Mm -hmm. making sure they had enough to eat and drink. But by the time she got there, she had like multiple illnesses. Like I can't remember if it was scarlet fever or rheumatoid fever typhoid, she had just contracted all of these illnesses. Being she with was, children, definitely, yeah. and yes. traveling, oh my and gosh. the conditions, yes, and
0: sacrifice, all yeah. of those together, she right? She totally
1: collapsed. But I love that the Lord gave her exactly what she needed until the very last minute when the kids mm-hmm. were in mm-hmm. a safe place, and then she collapsed mm-hmm. <laughs> and had to recover her health and regain it. And, uh, you know, this is where her, her journey kind of took an interesting turn because— at this point, China was becoming more and more closed off now mm-hmm. because of communism, mm-hmm. you know, and and as you know, she took a couple of years actually to recoup and recover her health more fully. Um, her kids are growing up. Things are changing in her life. And so um, I believe this was around what, 19, maybe 49, late 40s now after the war, early, early 1950s. I think she went back home didn't she during that time or did she go work with there was a, at one point she went and worked with some lepers mm-hmm. with a leper colony
0: mm-hmm. yeah I think first she goes and she recuperates in England yeah. Yeah, yeah. and um and also though she she was asked to speak at different churches mm-hmm. and she was able to raise money and this is when her her speaking ministry mm-hmm. you know began as yep. she just began to retell the stories of what God had done in China and with her life. Hmm. And people, again, were mesmerized. Here's this parlor maid, Yes. And to understand the the social stratification of England, which Hmm. um, by this time has broken down somewhat because of World War II. So people are listening Hmm. and they're realizing that, you know, God is working and even in China. But when she goes back to China, it's a different atmosphere. Now it's the communist. Yeah. And it's dangerous. And um, in one of these episodes, we'll talk about John and Betty Stamp, especially about Betty Stamp, because her story is so um, inspirational, sad. But, Sad, inspirational. but inspirational, yes. yes. <laughs> um, but we'll talk about her. But again, it wasn't a safe place for missionaries. Mm-mm, mm-mm. But Gladys goes back. And I don't know if you know this story. This is one of my favorite stories. Mm. She goes back and she's um, meeting. Um, somehow she gets into this uh, with these college kids. And these college kids, are they're Chinese, uh, brilliant, but they're all going to be um, executed For their faith, because they're Christians. Mm -hmm. And so they're awaiting execution. So she hears them crying. So she goes to meet with them. And she thinks that they're crying, you know, maybe because they're going to die and she's going to encourage them. Mm. They're not crying because they're going to die. They're crying because there's one part of China China that is totally unreached. And they've got their hands on this part of the map and they're praying. Mm -hmm. And they say to her, we're going to die. We're going to give our lives. For, for jesus and we're excited about that tomorrow we get to see jesus hmm. but we need somebody to take the gospel to this unreached area of china will you take the gospel there and so she begrudgingly but what can you say to people who oh, are about yeah. to give their lives yeah. to jesus the next day mm-hmm. so she agrees to go to this you know unremarkable place um in china because this is where they've been praying mm-hmm. so uh she has a. Uh, Uh, a young man who agrees to go with her and he's kind of her protector her Mm -hmm. her bodyguard so to speak and they get to this area and it's barren it is absolutely barren she can see absolutely nothing but rocks and she is complaining this is her own story that she is complaining (laughs) and he says you know um virtuous one, would you consider just singing a hymn to Jesus right now? And she said the last thing she wanted to do was sing. You know, it's they're running out of food. She doesn't know where they are. She's doing it for these students that are now in heaven. What is she doing here? But they begin to sing. And apparently, his voice is very warbly. And so she had to carry everything. And she's singing. And suddenly, this Buddhist monk pops up behind a rock and then another one. And they come to her and they say, "Are you the one who is coming? Are you the one we've been waiting for?" And she says, "You know, I have no idea." And they said, <laughs> "Am I? Uh, do you? What do you know about?" Um, I think they even said, "What do you know about Jesus?" Or mm. and so she says, "I I know a lot." So. They take her up this hillside, and it's a monastery, Buddhist monastery. They give her a room. She's in her hammock, and she's waiting, having no idea what's going to go on. So she's called in by the head monk, and he calls her to his office, and he says, I knew you would come. And he said, uh, I can't remember how many years before some of the Buddhist monks there had gone to a marketplace, and there had been one who had been teaching um, the Bible, and he had given them out Matthew chapter 28, verse 21 in Chinese. You know, lo, I am with you always. Even, you know, go um, and make disciples, right, the Great Commission. And so he had it framed above his desk and said, We've been waiting for the one because he told his disciples to go into all the world. Hmm. So we knew you were coming, and we have many questions for you. So that night, as she sits in her hammock, these Buddhist monks crowd out her room and begin to ask her all sorts of questions about wow. Jesus. And she shares the whole gospel with them, and they all receive wow. the gospel. Oh man, all Amazing. of them! I love it because of you know working in cooperation. And mm-hmm. it looks like it's it's fruitless. And then God just brings this hmm. incredible harvest mm-hmm. that was unexpected in an unexpected place in an unexpected way
1: yes absolutely. you know by unexpected
0: people yeah who would think that the buddhist, the buddhist monks,
1: monks. <laughs> would want to receive jesus oh i love it i mm-hmm. love it that's like that book uh eternity in their hearts that don richardson did about all those obscure those like isolated tribes that that's have right somehow the lord you know that's right the lord places that in people that's it's right. just amazing that's, i love that i love that wow yes. I actually didn't know that story. That yes. must have been from, was that from her autobiography? I think that it's one either, the, or it might because be. Because Small Women, that's more maybe her earlier ministry. Yeah,
0: it might so, be. Yeah. You know what? This is not the only books I've ever read. I have <laughs> more books. This is told to Christine Hunter. And yeah. I'm not quite sure what book it's in, but I remember, hmm. um, it might be in the London Sparrow. Yeah. But I remember reading that just going, what? What? Because oh, I, I probably read, um, I, I think I was 20, nine or 30 the first time I remember I had mm. I think the little woman Gladys Elward book yeah. and I picked it up and I was reading it and my mom said what what are you reading we're on a family vacation and I said oh about Gladys Elward. she's like Cheryl I heard her speak mm. I, I I listened to her that's that's amazing. I read that, and I'm like, Mom, you knew that she lived, and you didn't. <laughs> you never told me. You never gave me this book. You know, I I yep. can't believe that. And you know, again, oh, this so book, uh, The Little Woman, is such an easy read. It's such yeah. a fast read. I think they're like what, um, hundred and fifty-four pages. So even if you're not a reader, you could read this book on Gladys
1: Elwood. Oh, and Oh, yeah, and her story so exciting. Oh, I mean, you you'll you not fly put it through down. it. And the, and the Burgess one, actually, there's a fun story with that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original biography, The Small Woman by Ellen Burgess. Uh, and that was, I believe, that carried through that first part of her ministry. And um, and yeah. yet it was really amazing because it was when she had gone back to England after, you know, leading the children to the orphanage and recuperating and all of that. She's back in England. He gets wind of this story, probably because she'd been sharing in churches and things like that. And so he goes to her, you know, he's a journalist and he wants to write her story and tell her story. But Gladys is like, well, I don't know. China was just a lot of hard work. I don't really know. <laughs> I mean, she made it sound like nothing ever happened there. And honestly, I think that's because she she knew it was all the Lord. I mean, right. God was right. putting her in these situations. Right. Like you were saying, that one at the monastery, she didn't even want to be there. Right. So in her right. mind, she's thinking, well, God did all I didn't, I don't know. I just was working. Yeah. And so the guy, he Burgess was kind of disappointed, like, oh what well, I'm here with this older woman. I don't want to be rude to her. I guess I'll ask some questions just to be polite because he didn't want to just leave. And so uh, he starts asking questions, and all of a sudden she starts telling, oh, yeah, there was that prison riot and that man with the axe. (laughs) Oh, yeah, and that other time, you know, when when I was jumping on that mule to bring it into the inn. I mean, just all the different things. Oh, and those kids. Yeah, I brought those kids over the mountains. That's right. And God totally provided to get us across the river. All of these crazy stories come out. And so he finds himself with such a remarkable novel that they actually made it into a major Hollywood motion picture. But let's
0: talk about the major Hollywood picture oh my gosh. for yeah, a they... moment. Because Hollywood gets it so off. Yeah, way it's off. So <laughs> off. So about the only thing they got right was the end of sixth happiness. Yeah, yeah they got, they that got the part, name right. At least the title was okay. Yes. Yeah. Like we said, Gladys was about five feet tall and she was English and she had dark hair and dark eyes, yep. which helped her to fit in with the Chinese. Mm-hmm. And so who did they get? To play Gladys Elworth. Now this just I know it's crazy, it's ridiculous. They ask Ingrid Bergman,
1: who's, who's Swedish, Swedish, and like what five ten or 5'9? Yes. I mean, yes. she's just this you know <laughs>
0: elegant anyway. And not only that is they you know Hollywood has to have a romance, so oh, they yeah. create
1: a romance between the Mandarin and oh no, it was a German. It was sorry German. It was a, oh. chi- a Chinese military guy. Oh Chinese military yes, guy. was linen. <laughs> <laughs> I know and they were they were friends there was now there was some kind of interest there but nothing ever happened and so yeah hollywood turns it into a romance and then when gladys Aylward sees what they did with her story she's scandalized she's like i've never <laughs> kissed a man why would they do
0: that i mean she was so upset you know elizabeth <laughs> elliot um also had the opportunity to meet gladys elward oh, and talk cool. to her and she said uh, one time when she was hearing gladys elward speak that gladys elward said she wanted to be married and she believed hmm. that, you know, she prayed to be married and she believed God had a man for her. And then uh, Elizabeth Elliot said, and then in a booming voice, she said, but that man did not listen to God. <laughs> and he never found me. Oh, <laughs> so, my goodness. Anyway, Elizabeth Elliot would ah. would tell that story. And it, my mother said that Gladys Elward could have you laughing and then crying. Oh, I bet. <laughs> but you didn't want to leave. It Mm. was that fascinating. So how uh, did—I know Gladys Elward actually came to L.A. Because it was in L.A., Los Angeles, that my mother heard her. It was where um, my friend, when she was a young uh, teenager, she was a college student, heard her speak. So she
1: was in L.A. But how did she die? I believe she—well, she had gone back to minister in Hong Kong and Taiwan once she wasn't really able to get into mainland China anymore. And I think she still—she would make trips for speaking engagements, yep. you know, again, like you said, to America or to England. But she was based primarily there, I believe, until the end of her life. You know, I love this quote from her. And this is kind of like what you were saying, the story of like, God didn't listen. Yes. Um, I, no, but, man didn't listen. God listened. Oh, sorry. God didn't listen. Whoa. That's <laughs> uh, three
0: blasphemy on this podcast. Yeah, you're you're ready bad. to make your own movie. Uh, wow, I The know. end of seventh ham yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Or um, no happiness. <laughs> yeah, no happiness there. So— <laughs> But I love this. This was like what she said about her life in ministry, kind of encapsulating it. She said, I wasn't God's first choice for what I've done in China. I don't know who it was. It must have been a man, a well-educated man. I don't know what happened. Perhaps he died. Perhaps he wasn't willing. And God looked down and saw Gladys Aylward and said, well, she's willing. And that's really how she viewed her life in ministry. Just the fact that, well, I was available and it was probably somebody else Maybe it was the same man who was supposed to marry her. And then, that's right. He also right. was supposed to go to China. No, that's but, right. But, you know, just that was her That was her perspective that, like, I wasn't, you know, I'm not anyone. Mm-hmm. I'm just a normal little person. But God, you mm-hmm. know, found that I was willing. And so he just did amazing work. So I love that that's her legacy is just the simplicity, like you said, that makes her so accessible to us. Makes her accessible.
0: But her story is riveting. Mm. Her story is just so— um, Interesting, and, and again, as we were saying, too, it has so many touch points for us. Again, you know, she was rejected by the mission, China Inland Mission, mm-hmm. which we tend to glamorize. I mean, those of us who have read about Hudson Taylor, oh, yeah, and yeah. we'll do something on Jenny Taylor. Oh, yeah. We'll right. be really good. Yeah. And Marie Taylor and Jenny Taylor, maybe we'll do two for one. We could and do that, that one, with them, yes. I think, yeah. yeah. But, so we kind of glamorize China Inland Mission, and yet mm. they rejected her. Mm-hmm but God didn't reject her. Yeah. And there's such a lesson in that. You know, even if men say no or an organization says no, mm-hmm. she sought the Lord and the Lord was bigger than the organization. You Absolutely. know, and the Lord was bigger than all the trials and the Lord was bigger than all
1: the troubles and all mm-hmm. of the obstacles. Mhm. Mhm. And even just going back to what you said I believe in the previous podcast too that like so so often we look at an obstacle or a trial as automatically—and we automatically think it's a closed door. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, that can't be God. This Mm -hmm. is hard, or this involves suffering. I mean, look at Job's friends Yeah, (laughs) in the book of Job. I mean, you're suffering. There must be sin. Mm -hmm. You know, God wouldn't allow that for any particular other other reason. Mm -hmm. It must be something you did. And so we can tend to think that instead of recognizing, like, God is the God of the impossible, that he can move and work in spite of those challenges. Mm -hmm. So— So we've loved having
0: this time together and we've loved being able to tell you about one of our favorite mm-hmm. women mm-hmm. who love jesus and really that's her greatest qualification yes. she loved jesus yes. and she wanted to share jesus with mm-hmm. the chinese people and even the desire to go to china was something god put on
1: her heart there's no totally. other way to explain They're, that re- exactly you, yeah. i
0: mean why would you want to leave the comfort of england everything familiar
1: yeah and alone and as a maid with no social means or, or standing you right know, or position or money to right. Even
0: go right yeah. but she wanted to go hmm. and um so If you want to get in touch with us, if you want Mm -hmm. more information on Gladys Elward or books that we've used Mm -hmm. or we've read, we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch with Jasmine Mm -hmm. or me, Cheryl at women.cccm or um, livinggrace.com and write us. And again, if you have a suggestion of a woman that you know of, that you think that we ought to discuss, oh my goodness, I think we can do this for <laughs> years. Years. <laughs> We've got so many women to talk about. Mm-hmm. And isn't it wonderful how God uses women? Mm-hmm. And we see that in the Bible. You know, so yes. many women that God used. And mm-hmm. so wh- what woman are you Thinking about next, just Ooh, just to set that. Possibly Mary Slessor. I was oh, like Mary Slessor.
1: We're going to do all the like wild women first, I guess. Yes, I don't the know. wild women <laughs> of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Possibly Mary Slessor.
0: Yeah. So. Who ran barefoot in the jungles yes. of Africa and knew David Livingston. Yeah, yes. It kind yes. of went in his, kind of inspired by his legacy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yes. Oh, there's so many. Yeah. And like we said, we'll talk about Hudson Taylor's two wives. Mm-hmm. It's not a scandal. His first wife, <laughs> she died. She died, <laughs> Marie, who he loved dearly yes and yes. that's it's a romantic yes. love story yeah. that's like amazing mm-hmm. but then even his second wife is amazing and boy okay. she had to yeah. see him she through a, so much she was too. a powerhouse yeah she was and so we're so excited amy carmichael we'll be oh, talking yeah. about amy, amy carmichael. carmichael and you said cory ten boom yes
1: more modern ones mm-hmm. we could even do marilyn laszlo Couple yes. people that are still alive so. yeah we'll- helen Rosevere. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, we have, you know, that one. I don't yes, know that one. We okay. have so many.
0: Well, yes. <laughs> that, that one, I'll take the lead. Please do. And you'll yeah. ask the question. Yes. Good. <laughs> so this is how we'll be doing it from week to week. Either Jasmine or I will come in and take the lead and we'll be talking about it mm-hmm. with you. So thanks again for joining us yes. on Women You Should Know. Yay. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Women You Should Know with Cheryl Broderson and Jasmine Allnett. For more information on Cheryl, visit CherylBroderson.com or follow her on Instagram and Facebook. You can also follow Jasmine on Twitter and Facebook. Thank you again for listening to Women You Should Know with Cheryl Broderson and Jasmine Allnut.